To what shall we compare the kingdom of God? What earthly language can we use to capture heaven? How about this? The kingdom of God is like a perfect summer evening. The location can be anywhere, of course, but ideally it's a cabin on the Buffalo River in early June. In this perfect summer evening, extended family are gathered after keeping their distance for so long in quarantine. Dinner is nothing fancy, something simple and grilled so as not to add heat inside the cabin. Dessert is s'mores, of course. At the fire pit, the debate rages on about charring or gently browning the marshmallow as the preferred method. The evening's entertainment, Paul Simon's Graceland album, playing on an echo dot perched precariously on a camping chair, and a spontaneous baseball, softball game in the field adjacent to the cabin. The two families break into teams, and one side's dog enthusiastically chases after all of the ground balls, regardless of which team is up to bat. It's all fine, though because we're really all on the same team in the kingdom of God. The other family's dog, who is more introverted, hangs around your feet for a belly rub as you watch the game. And both teams cheer when the six-year-old manages to make any kind of contact with the ball. <laughs> the weather is temperate in the kingdom, as you would expect. The ticks are not biting and the snakes are elsewhere for the evening. As the evening goes on, you can see the adults start to relax. Their shoulders, which have been up around their ears for a good while now, start to drop back down. Worries fade, and it is easier to see goodness. The kingdom of God is like that perfect summer evening. Nothing extraordinary, just simple, and good and right in front of us. My family enjoyed that very evening last week. I think it had an effect on how I read the parable of the mustard seed. I was struck by Jesus's habit of using the stuff of everyday life to describe holy things. He once described the kingdom of God as yeast, as a pearl, as treasure buried in a field, and also as success, a successful fishing trip on a number of occasions. To me, that's right up there with a cabin at the river, some s'mores, and a softball game. Jesus, of course, was not a systematic theologian who used impossibly long German words for God. Time and again, he pointed to the regular stuff around to everyday life and asked people to look at it differently, to see God in it and in one another. When it comes to the mustard seed in particular, I imagine the people who were used to this strategy of his might have thought that he took this one too far. A mustard seed, tiny and insignificant, is a stretch for the kingdom of God. Yes, it grows tall and birds can nest in it, which is almost acceptable for a divine metaphor. 
But the mustard in question is basically a weed that spreads on its own in the Middle East. Rather annoying, like bamboo that takes over your yard, or ubiquitous, like kudzu. The mustard seed image would have gotten a scoff, probably a good laugh from the audience. John Dominic Crossan points out that if Jesus had said something more predictable, like, the kingdom of God is like the great cedars of Lebanon, everyone would have yawned. You've got to hand it to Jesus. The mustard strategy would surely have gotten their attention in a different way. It's also no accident that Jesus rejected the great cedars of Lebanon approach. There are places in the Hebrew scriptures where tall, mighty trees are used as symbols for earthly empires, rich and powerful and militaristic. Jesus is clear that the kingdom of God is not like those. The kingdom of God will not take over the world through force. Instead, it will grow and thrive through nonviolent attraction, through mercy, love, and sacrifice. Though through what one scholar has cleverly called left-handed power. Great cedars, great empires will rise and fall, but the kingdom of God will keep spreading like kudzu, and it will be everywhere. And here's the catch, the heart of the parable. The kingdom of God will be everywhere, but we need to have eyes to see it. It's already here in our lives. We just have to look at things differently in order to see it. That's why Jesus used images like common mustard seeds. What looks ordinary from one perspective can be the holiest of things from another. The kingdom of God is already here. And the scholar who talked about the left-handed power of God once wrote that for as long as the world has been the world, it has also been the kingdom of God. It's a matter of perspective, of revelation. The world's progress through history is not a transition from non-kingdom to kingdom. Rather, it's a progress from kingdom in a mystery to kingdom made manifest, kingdom revealed. Now, if the metaphors so, so far aren't quite working for you, Let's take bread, for example. Bread is just bread when you look at it, but it is also the sunshine and rain that nourished the wheat. It is also the hands that kneaded it and the energy that baked it. It is representative of the whole of God's good creation contained on a smaller scale. And when we break bread together in this place, it is the means through which we know that Christ is here with us. Communion bread is the body of the one who died and rose again for us. Just as Jesus taught over and over again, it's all in how you look at it. Heaven can be seen on earth. So, if by chance your shoulders have been up around your ears for a while, I think the parable of the mustard seed is for you. It promises that God's kingdom will continue to unfold and spread like a prolific plant, even if you set the heavy things down from time to time. 
Or if you need to be reminded of good and holy things, take Jesus' advice and look at the ordinary stuff from a slightly different perspective. The metaphors are endless, and the kingdom of God is close at hand. And if, and I hope this is true, you find yourself enjoying a perfect summer evening soon with a properly charred marshmallow in your s'more, give thanks to God for a taste of the kingdom. Amen.